Goblins, Brandon here. Uh, if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us create more and maybe even take the podcast to weekly, then the best way right now that you can support us is to head over to patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. You can find all the different stuff we do there, one-page dungeons, uh, bonus audio for things, all kinds of stuff. So head on over there, uh, and even if it's just a dollar or you know however much you're comfortable doing, or if you can't put anything toward the Patreon, just tell a friend about it. Tell somebody about the podcast. That's another great way to support us. So, uh, patreon.com slash goblins growlers, uh, and we'll see y'all soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Goblins and Growlers podcast. I'm Josh Maltby at Black Cloak DM on mostly Discord. Yeah, uh, I'm a Brandon Dingus at Wave Brandalore on probably mostly Discord these days. And Josh is here today to get punished. Um, <laughs> I, it's not a punishment. <laughs> it is. Uh, you probably pissed off Alon, and that's why he said that you have to be on this episode. <laughs> um, but as as promised last week, we have a, uh, a special guest uh, here. Uh, Ash, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself real quick. Hello, I'm Ash. Um, I'm Wiki on most platforms, and I am super just just really into animatronics. <laughs> And that's, so that brings us around back to the punishment is uh, um, uh, I, I talked about this a little bit at the end of last week's or two weeks ago's episode um, where uh, I was talking about this person that we met at Queen City Anime Con who comes into our panel uh, cosplaying as Chuck E. Cheese, Charles Entertainment Cheese himself, and uh, ended up having just a bizarre conversation from the stage. And Alan is just sitting there, just baffled by what's happening in front of him, like like he's discovering electricity. Because these people get so irritated when I just go off on rants talking about like Billy Bob's Wonderland or Showbiz Pizza or anything like that. And I had never quite met a kindred soul who shares my appreciation uh, for these air powered robots. And even though it's completely sort of off scope for the podcast topics that we usually have, unless it's we're just we're counting the weird tangents that I go off on. Uh, we're going to talk about animatronics today uh, with uh, with Ash and Josh is just going to have to deal with it. Uh, actually, Josh's purpose is very functional today because when we go too far off the deep end, uh, he is supposed to reel us in as a normal person uh, and be like, now, what's that? Explain that. Can you tell me what that thing is? Why do I care about this? The short answer is you probably don't, but it, hopefully it'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm here as someone who's probably spent more time being familiarized with Five Nights at Freddy's characters than I have with actual real life animatronics, even though in my childhood, I went to Chuck E. Cheese's a couple of times. I went to I went to one other chain, but I honestly, I don't know what the name of it would have been, but there was a penguin that was part of their show. So I was like, that's cool. That wouldn't have been Pizza Time Theater. Maybe. No, Josh. No, Josh. You're I young. don't know. Josh, you're like 11 years younger than me. There's no way that you were around for a Pizza Time Theater. I don't know. It was in Colorado and it was sort of out in the middle of nowhere. So I bet the possibilities are endless. I bet. And then we'll get into a structured part of this soon, I promise. But I bet what that was. <laughs> It's similar to a Billy Bob's Wonderland situation where somebody bought the old animatronics and just uh, remasked them and stuff like that. But that I is agree 100% actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually very prevalent. And I, I have a relevant story to tell later about this. Um, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> getting getting back to this. And oh, but for anybody who's who's playing continuity chess with me, I think I may have introduced Ash as Sydney at the uh, in the last episode 
And but then today, Ash was like, by the way, I go by Ash socially. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, I screwed that up. Uh, <laughs> but um, Ash, if you could like just start by telling us a little bit about you and because these people have heard my stupidity. But if if tell us a little bit about you and like how you got into like just sort of loving the animatronics of your 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 Chuck E. Cheese and your showbiz pizza, et cetera. Um. So I'm a cosplayer, obviously. Mm -hmm. I have cosplayed multiple showbiz pizza characters and in the near future, Chuck E. Cheese characters. But right now, I've only got the one. Uh But um, I actually found animatronics through, and I hate to say this, um, through TikTok. Uh (laughs) Because there was this guy. Those damn TikTok animatronics people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The TikTok animatronics fandom. Yeah. there was this guy that owned an entire rock fire explosion set mm-hmm. and he was slowly getting them in from Aaron one by one, which mm-hmm. we will definitely get into later. Yeah. Um, Aaron Fector, the creator of the rock fire explosion. He made these like ridiculously insane videos of the animatronics while they were aired down. And like, it was like a YouTube poop, but rock fire explosion. And I was like, these guys look pretty cool. And then all of a sudden I couldn't stop thinking about them and now I'm here. So <laughs> Yeah, because if you don't mind me saying, like, I got the impression that you're a lot younger than me. Uh so you I'm uh, I'm twenty-two. Oh, okay. You're almost twenty years younger than me. Um <laughs> uh yeah. So like I was around in like the you know, I was born in eighty one, so I was around in the the mid to late eighties, sort of in the, mm-hmm. the the twilight of showbiz pizza. Um, I remember going to showbiz pizza a bunch of times. I remember my grandfather taking me there one time and just being like, sort of like weirdly freaked out by, um, by Fats Geronimo, the gorilla playing the keyboard Mm -hmm. there. Um, I went to the one in Barbersville, um, a lot when I was a kid, cause I lived just outside Charleston. Um, and that was back when it was a showbiz pizza. We're really getting off the rails here. Like we need to set up some foundational <laughs> structure for these things, for this whole conversation. But so anybody who hasn't listened to me ramble on about this and Ash, you know, feel free to jump in and correct me or do whatever you need to do. Uh, but like there was uh, so Nolan Bushnell, um, who was the founder of Atari, um, was like, hey, let's you know, take all this technology that I'm making all this money off of with Atari and try to come up with some sort of other family entertainment kind of situation for it. So he created, it was what? It was Pizza Time Theater first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he created Pizza Time Theater, which if you go back and look at any videos from the late 70s of Pizza Time Theater, it almost looks like a primitive Chuck E. Cheese uh, with with a lot of the characters because you see like Jasper Jowls, the dog who plays the guitar, you see Chuck E. Cheese, you see like a really weird version of Helen Henny. Um, and Pasquale, uh, the, 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 the drumming pizza chef. And, uh, that eventually morphed into showbiz pizza. Uh, like, cause it's weird. Cause it like branched, right? Cause there was like pizza time theater and then it sort of spun off. And then there was showbiz and Chuck E. Cheese, but all three of them sort of coexisted at the same time in some corporate structure. Pretty much. So when showbiz was created, it was actually created as its own unique thing um because Aaron Fector, the creator of the Rock Fire Explosion, the band that plays in Joba's Pizza Place, started off by making like regular inventions. He's an inventor. 
Yeah. No, you can you can you can keep the quotes up when you say he's an inventor. <laughs> yeah. As time went on, he kind of fell into animatronics. And then once showbiz was created and after Chuck E. Cheese's like five bankruptcies, <laughs> um, they ended up merging. So shortly mm -hmm. after that. Yeah. With concept unification. Yep. I have. I have a little bit of context for this because I, as a video game enthusiast, have studied the history of video games. And so I know that Nolan Bushnell's real, like his goal at the end of the day was to make arcades be something that was for the whole family. When at the time it was mostly something you would find in like bars. Right. Which you're not going to have a whole lot of like 12 year olds wandering into bars and it being an okay scene. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, he was like, well, these, like everybody can enjoy arcade machines. So I need a place that is safe for kids of all ages to come and play these games. And that's, you know, how all of that kind of gets spun up. Yeah. And I'm sort of unapologetically team showbiz because that's just what I was raised on. Like to this day, the idea of going into a Chuck E. Cheese just makes me want to stand there with like my hands on my hips. Like, well, that's it's not that's not the real thing. Showbiz Pizza was the original. And even though it wasn't, but uh, that's that's what sticks out in my head so much. Um, and uh, so, you know, Fector created Rock of Our Explosion. He, he has his warehouse down in uh, was it Orlando. I know it's down in mm -hmm. Florida somewhere, but. Yeah, where up until very recently, he still had tons of boxes like full of produced but unsold Rock of Fire Explosion animatronics because the bottom just fell out of the market uh, and because showbiz expanded too fast and there was just too much saturation in the robot pizza market and they needed to dial it back a little bit. But it's interesting if uh, I'm I'm, I'm sure you've watched the, the Rock of Fire Explosion documentary. Yes. Yeah. So it was interesting, and I don't. I wonder if you picked up on this too, just talking about Aaron, that they talk about some of the initial funding rounds uh, uh, and people who financed um, Showbiz, and one of them's one of them is an older gentleman whose last name is also Fector, and they never like they never spell it out in the documentary that it was Aaron Fector's dad, but I I'm almost I've never looked it up, but I'm almost positive that like oh so his dad was one of the guys who did a round of funding for it yeah no absolutely yeah because like talking about aaron like the reason i was like oh yeah he's an inventor like i think it, i think this is in that documentary too i can't remember because i've seen so many of these videos where he sort of talks about how he got like how he graduated from college and he really wanted to like change the world and come up with all these inventions like an air-powered car or something like that and you and you really get this sort of doc brown feeling from him when he's talking like yeah like, He's always like he's just on the verge of developing the flux capacitor, um, <laughs> but but he never quite makes it. Uh, and he makes it sound like he just sort of fell into animatronics and he was like, well, this isn't really what I wanted to be doing with my life, but everybody really enjoys it and it's got a really good fandom. So I'm going to keep doing it, which is a good enough reason to do anything if you're doing stuff mm -hmm. and people are enjoying it and you're getting some satisfaction out of it. Um, but. Uh, that's, I guess, kind of the long and short of, of him. He's been like, he has a YouTube channel and it's been like oscillating in activity over the last 10 years. Like he used to do tours, 
like you up until like last year, I think you could actually schedule tours down there um, to just go through the bowels of this place. And like, uh, and when I say bowels, like some of it was like leaky and stuff. It's and bad. And there was like an explosion down there too, right? That, that closed off some of it. He, in an attempt to create a new form of energy, caused a gigantic explosion in his warehouse. I remember in this 2013. now. I remember yes. this now. It was like in, in they were in like oxygen tanks, whatever yeah. he had created, and he called it hydrillium. Yeah. <laughs> and oh God. I think it was like September or October of 2013, one of the canisters just exploded and it caused massive damage that I has not fully been fixed oh, yet and it's been an entire decade oh god <laughs> i was saying all that doc brown stuff i didn't even remember the bit about him creating a whole like an entirely new form of energy mm -hmm. but yeah that that goes into him just sort of wanting to change the world and everything and again like i'm really i'm really not trying to shit on aaron fector because i really appreciate what he has created but at the same time if you just sort of look at the whole situation from an objective adult viewpoint uh, <laughs> there are certain conclusions that you can draw that perhaps would not be entirely incorrect he's he's got a rich a rich past positive <laughs> and negative i yeah. feel like he's one of those people where you're, when you're in the if you're in the south you say his name and you say bless his heart right after oh, that bless <laughs> <his heart. laughs> yeah. aaron fector bless his heart um but you know for all that stuff he was responsible for creating the entire rock and fire explosion like all the members of the band rolf and earl billy bob um, all that. And he did, you know, the voice for Billy Bob and he did the voice for a couple of others, didn't he? Um, he, yeah, Billy Bob. And he also does Rolf and Earl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Rolf and Earl were always like low key. My favorites when, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. um, I never have watched the, the full one show tape from concept unification, mm -hmm. uh, for them. And I'm really, I'm actually interested to do that. I might do that after this, but again, we're diving deep down rabbit holes now. And I can see Josh just being like, what are you talking about? I, well, I actually, I have something, Brandon, as part of explaining some of that stuff, you were talking about your personal experience mm -hmm. going to these places and seeing these shows. Yeah. I'm curious, Ash, if you could talk a little bit. I understand that you're coming to the game a little bit later. So some of these places are closed down or even hard to access. But what has been some of your personal experience with going and seeing animatronics? That's a good question, Josh. <laughs> I worked at Chuck E. Cheese for six months. But before I did that, which, whew, um, before I did that, uh, right when I started to get into animatronics, I found out that they had a, um, a Chuck E. Cheese in Greensboro, which had a three stage, which is um, animatronics that used to be showbiz pizza characters, but they were, the cosmetics were changed. They were turned into Chuck E. Cheese characters, which we will get into more of that later as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know what you're talking about, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> I remember it was about a week after I got it really into it. And I told my roommate, I was like, I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese. And she was like, what? And so me and probably like five or six of my friends invaded this Chuck E. Cheese, you know, respectfully. Hell yeah. And, and nicely. And we didn't bother anyone. But I, I just sat in one of the booths right in front of the stage because this was at the time what I thought was the closest I was ever going to get to seeing 
a rock of fire explosion set i really didn't care about chuck e cheese at this point i was like this is so awesome that guy used to be beach bear and so <laughs> so like i was sitting in the booth like vibrating in my seat because i was just so excited to see all of these characters and um since then i think in i've probably visited all of the locations that are in north carolina that um still have the bots and i've there's a few that have um that have renovated that i've visited before which rest in peace yeah because a lot chuck e cheese is like currently if they haven't already like mostly shifted over to screen characters rather than actual stage characters yes. right um yeah. i think there's I, four I think... locations left in north carolina that still have bots yeah i think we can owe a lot Gosh. of that conversion to like the gif that you see all the time of that really dilapidated Chuck E. Cheese and uh, uh, like talking. And then it's like, welcome children yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that thing's horrible. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, you know, I know we have, you're, you're talking about going and seeing um, those and how you thought that was going to be the closest you'd ever get to seeing an actual rock of fire explosion correct me if i'm wrong but i think that brings you to our that brings us to the commonality that you and i share which is the billy bob's pizza wonderland yes. in 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 barbersville west virginia mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah just uh to introduce it to people a little bit uh, i went to i'm from charleston and i went to college in huntington and you know when i was a kid i would go to the showbiz pizza in barbersville but at some point between when i was a kid and when i went to college it uh like it was after showbiz pizza shut down and i guess you actually might know this a lot better than i do ash but like didn't the did the owner just like buy it out and just spin it off into his own independent um restaurant Mm -hmm. um there were a couple locations like that there was one location that um that aaron fector actually tried to create and it was looney birds yeah i remember that yeah yeah and it did not last very long but i think that outside of that Aaron Fector governorship Billy Bob's Wonderland has been doing it, it, up, up and down. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was in college 20 years ago and Billy Bob's Pizza Wonderland is still there. So yeah. that has to say something about it. Um, for sure. I remember I remember um, I remember two things. I remember my sophomore year of college, my, two of my two of my friends from high school came to visit and we said, hey, Let's just go goof off and go over to the showbiz pizza. So we went to the showbiz pizza because that was before it stopped being a showbiz. And we went in and we played some arcade games. And then we got we were like, oh, this is actually really awkward because we're all like 18, 19 years old. Uh, So we gave all of our tickets to some kids having a birthday party and we went to Outback (laughs) (laughs) instead. And uh, then my senior year. Uh, one of our professors uh, who we were hanging out with suggested that we go play laser tag over there because they had the laser tag arena connected to it. And I went, and that was, that for me was the first time I'd seen a rock of fire since I was since, cause we didn't really stay to watch the show when I went a couple years prior. So that was the first time I'd actually gotten up close and looked at a rock of fire and anybody who's familiar with the animatronic community knows just how legendarily uh, ill kept the animatronics at Billy Bob's pizza wonderland were for probably the last, 15, 20 years. Um, Cause the way these things work is just like a metal, like skeleton. And then you put, they call them masks. Uh, you put them on top of them to, you know, decorate the characters essentially. And the ones at Billy Bob's pizza wonderland just looked like garbage. 
Well, the assumption is kind of like uh, stuffed animals that are vintage that you see getting restored places like TikTok, where you're going to brush the fur and you're going to wash it and you're going to do all this stuff to keep everything like fluffy and nice. And I would wager that most places probably don't do a great job of that. But I have to imagine, as I understand it, Billy Bob's has uh, crossed paths with Aaron Fector in a less than pleasant manner. And so they can't even get him to help them service their machines anymore, right? Um, or am I thinking of somewhere so else? So, yes and no. Um, Aaron Fector does not work on any of the machines in Billy Bob's Wonderland at all. Um, he he had some some rough times with the management there and just decided he was out. Um, there are people in the community that own the molds for the latex masks that are used on the animatronics. And so there are a very limited amount of people that can make these molds out of latex, air or airbrush them and send them out. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. So a lot of the new cosmetics are either made from not super authentic products. Like there's official fur that you're supposed to use on fats or like official fabric for Billy Bob's overalls or something like that. But um, they'll either use kind of inauthentic things or they find it from other sellers that are few and far between. I would like to share something that I looked up in preparation for this recording um because i was trying to remember that story because i only sort of remembered little hazy bits of uh, and i forget where i heard it it was probably in the comments of a youtube video where people were arguing about it but it was like yeah billy bob's wonderland guy brought fector in and they got like he got mad at how much fector was going to charge him to do the work and he was you know fector was basically like screw you i'm out of here and then billy bob's wonderland was on the blacklist Mm -hmm. forever because that was when he was still traveling around the country when people asked to help do restorations like when he did the restoration on that um oh you probably know what i'm talking about but the the trailer yes yeah, the, yeah where it, i can't remember the name of it where they're wearing like beach outfits yeah exactly and it only had like three three of them mm -hmm. on there but yeah like he had like a 50 part video on that but it was when he was still willing to do that kind of stuff but i found this and it was from the r slash animatronics subreddit. Oh and uh, it was, it's, for, yeah, it's from about <laughs> nine months ago. And that the subject is Aaron Fector's thoughts in Billy Bob's Wonderland restoration. And then it has what looks like a Facebook message from Aaron Fector. And then it says, the owners are, appear to be purchasing inferior bootleg masks from copyright thieves. They are obviously using stolen show tapes and unauthorized show material produced by copyright thieves. The repairs to the show may make them move around and to the general public. This may look like a big improvement, but I would rather see them sitting there inoperative with trash bags over their heads than to watch this example of copyright thievery. They could have dealt with me and bought authentic Rockafire parts, but Basically, this is a trashy organization doing whatever they can to circumvent copyright law and willing to use untrained technicians who have no idea what the characters are supposed to look like. Wow. Yeah. Which is a, kind of another Aaron Fector in a nutshell mm -hmm. kind of kind of response. That's very Aaron Fector of him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, so refresh me, but you said you had a birthday party at that at that Billy Bob's, didn't you? 
Yes, I did. Please tell me about that. <laughs> Please. My 21st birthday. <laughs> uh, so I called to make the reservation. And they said, what's the name for the reservation going to be under? And, you know, I said, Ash. And they said, and who's the party for? And I said, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, how old are you turning? And I was like, 21. <laughs> so um, I brought me, my my sister came, a lot of my friends that just knew absolutely nothing about this, but are so supportive. They're great. And, and I just want to be clear, you live in North Carolina and you drove up there for that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um I mean there are there are worse excuses for a road trip, let's be real. I mean, oh, no, there are. There are. I'm just clarifying for the idea of all these other people coming. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um I there were 10 of us. Wow. So we all drove 4 mm-hmm. hours. It was a day trip. We did not spend the night. We drove 4 hours back the same day. Oh man. So it was kind of like getting all the cars came and I was like, pile in. We got to go. <laughs> we got to get there on time. The party starts at two. Um, so we get there and everyone's like, Ash, we're here. And I'm like, I can't go in there. Because oh, <laughs> I was like, I, 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 I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So I finally walk in and I see them. Mm-hmm. And I think that the most noticeable thing about them is that they're just so much bigger than you think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and I, Beecher is my favorite character. I love him. And I saw him and I was like, no, I can't do this. And I turned around and I walked back out. <laughs> um, they got me back inside. We sat down and it was, this was shortly after, um, Braylon, I don't know if you know that name. No, I don't. Um, he was one of the techs for a good while. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably when Aaron was talking about the the fake masks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because um Oh yeah, that timing works out probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did a he did a lot of really great work, but um there were there were glaring issues. Beach Bear's mask was actually they took it off of um, one of the mascot costumes mm-hmm. and put it on the robot. Right. Oh, no. So these, they're not the same size. So it was just, yeah. it, it looked a little funky. And the lips didn't move or anything, right? They did. His mouth cylinder was also too small. And mm-hmm. so the mask on the mascot costume is a little bit bigger. So you have big face, tiny mouth cylinder. Lots of flopping latex. Oh. (laughs) Which sounds so weird, but that's the only way I have to describe it. It's deeply troubling. Yes. Yeah. I'll say that still sounds better than the last time I saw them. Oh, absolutely. Which looked like they belonged in like Fallout or something like that. I know. I noticed Aaron Fector did say something in that message about animatronics having trash bags over their heads. Yeah. It was because Beach Bear was actually out of commission for, a, I think, a little under a year. And instead of just closing the stage down, they just put a gigantic trash bag over him. Right. So so his, but, parts, of, so his parts of the show tape would still play, but he just wouldn't do anything? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. that's haunting. Um, and there was also one part where I think it was while Braylon was 
fixing him, his eyes were messed up, so they put little sunglasses on him. <laughs> he actually looked pretty cool. But um, <laughs> um but they've they've been through a lot over mm-hmm. the over the past little bit. Um I feel like they're kind of going downhill again. Mm-hmm. So I think I had really good time in going to see them, which is nice. I heard a rumor once, um, and I, I think I, I can't remember if I actually verified this or not, but that there is a shipping container behind the building in which they store they he'll like they'll buy um, uh, robots when they come up on the market and they'll put them in there to harvest for replacement parts and things. And I f- and I, I feel like years ago I looked this up on Google Maps and I like I saw a shipping container that was actually behind the building. Because um, the thing about where it is now, for people who don't know, which is probably ninety nine point nine percent of our audience, um, it uh, it moved across the road from its old location, and where it is now, it uh, behind it is like a hill and some and some like woods and stuff. At least it was last time I was there, which was a long time ago. Um, right across the street from a strip club, actually, uh, the Lion's Den. <laughs> and, yep. And the the thing to know about the Lions Den is if you're driving down I-64 from Charleston to Huntington, you always know when you're close to the Lions Den because they've got two giant Hollywood style spotlights that mm. shine up into the sky. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's 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 interesting because of the reputation that Billy Bob's has in the community that he just keeps it going. Uh, like it's it's yeah. it's still there. Like, you know, like Fector is saying, he's like, just shut it down shut it down because you get there are so many videos out there of not even necessarily um animatronics people but just sort of like um like pop culture kitsch novelty channels that are like oh i'm going to the billy bobs in barbersville to see the wor- the worst rocket fire explosion animatronic band in the world uh and I've seen at least three or four of those kind of videos because, you know, like I'm from there. So it's always interesting to me on a different level as well to see that kind of stuff. But they just yeah. get, they just get poked at so much. Um, it's it's almost like they still exist, like like he hasn't taken them down just out of spite at this point. Like he's just going to keep it going until the last cog falls out of them. Um, I actually heard that. Well, this is confirmed, but they were just bought by an arcade company. Really? Recently. Really? I think it's called Fun City or something like that. Um, oh, man. But if you look on their Facebook page, they're talking about all these new plans. Apparently, they're bringing in a ton of new games and keeping like the older ones that still work. Right. Um, and they're wanting to build walls around the showroom so it's more like an actual showbiz which I think is really cool. Oh, that would be really cool, especially if they could return it to like the the original three-stage format. Um, yeah. Because, again, you'll, you've got more recent intelligence than me on this, but when I was there last, it was all, they'd, it's almost like they'd built like a long platform and they just had them all sort of set up in the same order that they would be set up in on a three-stage, but it wasn't individual stages. I think that... Um... I can't remember. <laughs> you blocked it out. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, but, my sheer excitement. Yeah. But, the, you know, the three. So the three stage was the default show for, for showbiz. But there were also like some one stage variations and things like that, weren't there? There were a few. Yeah. So 
tell tell me a little bit about one stage versus three stage, which it's a term we've mentioned a couple of times now, but I don't know that we've actually contextualized it. Sure. Ash, take it away. When we talk about different kinds of stages, it probably leans more towards um, Chuck E. Cheese and less towards um, showbiz. Um, showbiz had a pretty standard stage setup. So it was kind of like two kind of half circles on either side of the stage, kind of like fake wings. And then there were um, there was one big stage in the middle. Okay. So starting out on the left, you would have Rolf and Earl, which they're, um, it's a animatronic wolf with a little puppet. Yeah. And, and he, he does like a he was ventriloquist like a, act. Yeah, like a ventriloquist slash stand-up comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And he really likes Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, on the other side of the stage, there's Billy Bob and Mooney Bird. Billy mm-hmm. Bob, face of the place he's, he's a, pretty recognizable i feel a, like most people would know him he's a hillbilly bear who plays a banjo yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and i can say that because i'm from west virginia <laughs> um looney birds a little sassy he has some pretty funny moments he's one of my favorite characters too yeah and he's not um, like a full-on he's like he, he's in a barrel right yeah, yeah. and he comes out of so the barrel. he is um he's just like a neck up animatronic and his mechanisms are inside of a barrel yeah, okay. but he'll have little arms that like come up out of the barrel, and he'll like read a letter or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in the middle stage, we had Duke. He plays the drums. He's a dog, space dog. Wants to go to space, but he can't. So for now, he's just playing the drums with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Fat Geronimo. He's super cool. Gorilla with a gold suit. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um. He's kind of like the face of the group. He always starts off the show tapes and stuff. Uh, Beach Bear, he plays guitar. He's like surfer dude. I like him a lot. He's pretty cool. He's really funny. Um, And then Mitzi, and she's a cheerleader, and she's also the lead um, female vocals. Yeah. She's she's kind of like southern gossip-y girl. (laughs) And she's a mouse. Yeah, he's a mouse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, um. So that's the that's the typical three stage setup for Showbiz Pizza, but um, with Chuck E. Cheese, for some of these stages, they had the same stage setup as Showbiz Pizza, just because um, they were changed from Showbiz into Chuck E. Cheese. But um, there are other sets. There are two other types of animatronics in the Chuck E. Cheese portion but i don't know if we should be there yet (laughs) no it's fine go like go ahead okay um one of them is the garner holt productions animatronics uh they're more commonly known as studio c um there are like four or five different stages made just for studio c animatronics and um studio c animatronics only had chuck e cheese like he was the only one that they had Okay. Um, and those that was was that like the later years? That was like um, the production started for those I think in two thousand or two thousand. Okay. Like going out into stores that yeah. weren't test stores. Yeah. So re- relatively speaking, the later years after concept yes. unification. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other sets that they used are um, Cyberamics, 
and cyberamics were kind of what they used before they um, fused with showbiz, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the, when people think of like a creepy, a creepy animatronic, I feel like that's what they think of. Um, the cyberamics machines? Yes. Was that, are, was that the Pizza Time Theater era? Um, that was shortly after, okay. but I, those can still be considered, um, cyberamics as well. Yeah. Cause those, the, like whenever I see a video of like any of the pizza time theater, like cabaret or, or like portrait shows or anything like that, that's what I like. That is my definition of a creepy animatronic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a little off putting if you're not used to seeing them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're, I think they're cool. <laughs> the name, the name cyberamic almost suggests that it's like ceramic pieces to them. Is that accurate or am I missing the mark there? Um, not really. They, they were just typical. They were actually really simple. Um, their shells or I guess like the, the mech is what's well, controlling the bots in the middle was like really made of really thin metal almost like sheet metal and then uh everything was attached to the side they were very very simple i think that they decided that they could do this and then they just kind of stuck with it were they <laughs> until 1997 yeah were they were they pneumatically yeah they were pneumatically powered as well mm-hmm. right yeah yes yeah did they ever in the later years like change it so it was just run off electric servo motors or anything like that there are still there are still tubes under the stage okay wow mm-hmm. that i've always wondered I, I like i've always wondered why they never did something like that especially like to make it like more cost efficient for for example um yeah i have no answer or comment to that i just wanted to throw <laughs> it out there like i i never understood why they didn't do that i feel for, like for the robots when they made the jump to the Studio C animatronics, which is what any new stores that they had, they put those in post 2000. Um, I, those are also pneumatically powered. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if technology <laughs> was not that advanced at the time, or maybe that's just the most efficient way to do it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, there, um, there was a time period in history where they thought that pneumatic was going to be everywhere, like that you were going to have pneumatic tubes that would run through an entire neighborhood and deliver the insane. mail. Like, they, <laughs> yeah, that was it was not a very long lived period because then they started trying to implement that in a greater than a one building space. And it's like, actually. Pneumatics are really hard to maintain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that ties in a little bit to like one of the main inspirations for for um, Fe- like Aaron Fector's vision and Rockafire, really, because when I think of uh, stuff like like what you're talking about, Josh, I think of like, you know, the 1950s vision of the future, which makes me think of Epcot Center, which makes me think of Disney animatronics, which is really what Aaron Fector was going for there because he wanted to be better than Disney. Uh, when he, he was so inspired by Disney and he was like, oh, I think we can like make this. I think we can do this better than them. He was really 
like his model for everything was like the Disney Imagineers and the process they use for creativity and everything. And uh, he wanted to essentially make each showbiz pizza feel like a little sort of mini, very miniature Disneyland. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because he like talks a lot about Disney animatronics. If you if you ever like watch a video of him talking or anything like that. Um, uh, so we were talking about the three stage a minute ago. And um, one of my favorite things about showbiz, I never actually got to see this in person, was just there, like when they experimented with changing out the Rolf and Earl stage with like, with like the Uncle Clunk animatronic, which is the like seriously one of the creepiest freaking things you'll ever see in your life. I can, Josh, I can see you. I can see you looking like, what are they talking about? Ash, if you want to explain the horror that is the Uncle Clunk um, animatronic. Uncle Clunk was a character that was created by Aaron Fector. He is a, he's meant to be like, in my opinion, kind of like a, a three stooges slapstick comedy kind of just like silly character. And, um, he would answer mm -hmm. phone calls and, he actually had, so he had a table beside him that had a phone and a banana and he could actually like one of his slapstick jokes is that he would accidentally pick up the banana. So this animatronic was physically capable of like gripping onto this and grabbing it and then putting it down, grabbing the other thing and getting that instead, which I think is way beyond its time. <laughs> That was, I mean, yeah, that really was like cool. a significant, that was a significant yeah. achievement at the time for what they were doing. Um, but yeah, it was like, I've, I've watched, I think I've watched mm -hmm. the clunk show tape. Um, and it's, it's just bad. I, <laughs> like, it's not good. It's yeah. It's goofy. I, it's bad. It's full of dad jokes. That's a good way to describe it. I mean, that sounds like, it sounds yeah. like my kind of scene, but I pulled a Google image search <laughs> for uncle clunk. And wow. Yeah. wow. I'm proud of you for not screaming. Imagine wow. being Yeah. Imagine <laughs> being five or six years old and sitting, you know, like four feet from the stage and the curtain opens up and that thing is sitting right there. It's just like I know some kids find clowns terrifying. I think anyone who is even on the verge of colrophobia would be like, I can't be in the same room as this. Yeah. And like they they didn't make a lot of clunks and they almost immediately like realized that this was not improving like any kind of sales at any of the stores. So then they they got into this whole this whole plan of like, oh, how can we repurpose it? Because we've already paid for so many of these. We have to figure out something. So one of them was they dressed him up as Santa Claus and they would put him uh, they would put him in there uh, in like November and December to do uh, a Santa show tape. Uh, and it was very obviously just Uncle Clunk in a Santa costume. <laughs> and then there was another one they had at some places called Country Clunk. And it was him dressed like a hillbilly with a corncob pipe. Uh, and I think they had that one, like not necessarily on the stage, but they would put it like out yeah. in like a more public area. And yeah, and he would have like jugs with XXX written on it and like sitting on some mash or something like that. Uh, and again, it was very clearly Uncle Clunk in a stupid costume. 
And then the other thing they did was they had a, an exhibit there, like an interactive exhibit, which was like, you know, those um, those art exhibits where they actually take human bodies and they will display them like, you know, so you can see the muscle and the skeleton and everything like that. They essentially did that with Uncle Clunk. And you could see like half of him was regular Clunk and the other half of him was like stripped down to the actual robot. And you could like press buttons to control it. And it was supposed to teach kids about animatronics. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a very horrifying way to do that, friends. Yeah, it was like Clunk just like it started out as a really scary thing. And it only got progressively more awkward and scary as they tried to figure out what to do with it until they decided to just get rid of it um, altogether. Fun fact about but, that's my favorite, least Fun favorite. Fun fact about uh, the, the country clunk. Um, he was quarter operated. Yeah. And his purpose was to give you really? like life advice. <laughs> so you would put a quarter in. <laughs> and I, I don't know how many things that he said, but he, his, his thing is that he would give you advice. Yeah. That's ridiculous. He's, I think so he's that, like an animatronic magic yeah. eight ball. I think I think there are some locations that actually called him Uncle Pappy too, which makes it sound Uncle even Pappy. stupider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm pretty sure that that was their only experiment with changing out parts of the three stage in showbiz. Um, because and I, but they probably would have kept doing it had they not consolidated all the business together, which is a perfect time for us to talk about concept unification um, and some of the greatest training videos for any corporation that I've ever seen. Um, Cause concept unification was like the code word within the company for what, because they decided they were going all in on the Chuck E. Cheese brand. So they were converting. And part of that was because through via pizza time theater and the way the company was spun up, they are like the company already owned the intellectual property to the Chuck E. Cheese characters. But since Rockefeller was created by Aaron Fector, uh, he owned it. And I think when they were, I think, and Ash, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when all that was going on and they were just trying to decide what they wanted to do in terms of moving forward with the company, knowing they had to consolidate, I think they offered to buy the Rockefeller explosion from Fector just outright. And he was like, absolutely not. And I think he said at one point, he's like, at that point, I didn't know what the limits of the IP were. I thought we might be able to get like a Saturday morning cartoon out of this or something. And I didn't want to give it up. Which at the time actually was probably kind of reasonable. Um, like if you're going to sell your IP, at least get some sort of royalty agreement for mm -hmm. it rather than just selling it outright. But um, <laughs> they, uh, so they had to convert all these over to the Chuck E. Cheese characters. And the concept unification video is one of the most haunting things I have ever watched. And haunting, I believe, is the only word really to describe it. Um, Ash, when we were chatting very briefly at queen city anime con i mentioned to you that sometimes at work i would just put on the concept unification tape in the background so i can listen to it. it's like bizarre three o'clock in the morning you find it on like a public access channel it's, kind of music and yeah and you got that guy who's talking like this it like remove the bolts from the bottom of fats's organ but save the organ because you will need it later and it's like Take off, take off the the tree trunk around Choo Choo and destroy it as it will <laughs> no longer be required. 
And it's it's a guy with sort of like a vaguely southern voice, just cheerfully talking about the deconstruction and destruction of these characters. Like, to what talk talk to me about sort of your your impressions and your response um, to that. Video, I think that actually. one of my favorite things about that video as a whole is the fact that there's almost this liminal space music playing in the background yes. the entire time. Yes, yes, that's the perfect way to describe it. That's um, the perfect way so, to describe it. The concept unification video, it, it is important to mention that um, during concept unification, every animatronic was reused except for Billy Bob. So all of those Billy Bob mm -hmm. animatronics were just tossed out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten that, but yeah. That's, so when that's, they, that's when they say in the video, they're like, unscrew Billy Bob from the ground and like destroy him as he will never be used again i'm like he's used in my heart <laughs> um but i have to, i have to think some of that too like because fector was the voice of billy bob there there has mm -hmm. to be some symbolism there of just throwing out billy yeah. bob and not well there it. might also be that fector had tighter copyright on the characters he voiced and like, you know, I, I imagine they had their reasons for doing such things. I am picturing some like college age student pizza place employees being like, all right, we're taking Billy Bob out back and we're going to use the baths. <laughs> like office space. <laughs> there are actually yeah. some some pretty... Uh strict rules about like we talked earlier um of the Chuck E. Cheese renovating uh when they renovate and they take mm -hmm. the bots out and all of the old decorations and stuff they actually have to destroy them before they put them in the dumpsters just to I guess to preserve intellectual property um which is mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's actually pretty common um for for like lots of place like lots of places like I once upon a time I worked at a blockbuster video, another herald of a bygone era. Um, but we whenever we would throw stuff out like um, cover boxes and things like that, that we couldn't sell through, we always had to take a box cutter to them. Uh, and just, yeah, that was just policy. And that's why, like, you're exactly right. It's so nobody can take it. Especially I feel like all of the uh, like the mascot costumes and stuff, someone mm -hmm. takes them yeah. and then I commits a crime or something that would be so such a bad idea but <laughs> yeah the, the the billy bob yeah. the billy bob murders i'm just picturing a gang of bank robbers used to work at a showtime pizza that was being unified and they didn't destroy the costumes they kept them 10 years later <laughs> the heist of the century that would actually be really cool. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds to me like a DLC for oh, a Five Nights at Freddy's game. I was thinking uh, it'd make a good movie. So Hollywood hit me up. But that like that video is just like it's 30 minutes of just being transported to some bizarre alternate universe. And then at the at the end of it, there was a sneak preview of the new Chuck E. Cheese uh, um, Munch's Make Believe Band uh, Ensemble. Uh, and it's 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 really creepy 
like when you know exactly what it is there and how they've moved the characters like you know they killed billy bob and then they took duke's skeleton and moved it to stage right and then put the skin of an (laughs) italian pizza chef on it like rolf and earl uh became chuck e cheese um mitzi became helen henny uh beach bear became jasper gels and then fats geronimo became mr munch who is basically like a a second-rate grimace um (laughs) because he's purple and sort of an amorphous monster kind of situation um but i will say that the opening song in uh in that video just really slaps the uh yeah, the um, I don't know the title of it, but it's just like you know. Yeah, all oh, together we got it. It's such a good song. Yeah, so good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will also sometimes just yeah. play that when I'm working. Uh, it's in the background. Um, they actually recently did a uh, recreation of it with the new voice actors. I've and s- it's I've seen that video, and they do they do yes. weird lyrical tweaks. It's very to it too. interesting. It could be different than it is <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i actually like this is getting way off topic in something that's already off topic but like i actually prefer the character designs of the screen characters for the Chuck E. cheese characters rather oh, than agree. the animatronics Completely. of it um i just i think they're just very mm-hmm. they're much more child friendly <laughs> <laughs> they're less threatening i think that um there are definitely some times where i'll go to a Chuck E. cheese that used to be a showbiz pizza and, you know, I'm taking mm-hmm. a look at every little thing and I'm like, is this different? I've literally hopped up on the stage and like fixed the snaps on Munch's back. Like, yeah. Um, oh, God. Does, have they ever yelled at you for that? Yeah. <laughs> They're just happy for the um, free help. But there was <laughs> this one time, I think I walked into the Greensboro location um, before they renovated and during concept unification, they actually took some of the animatronics eyes and switched them out because they had different colored mm-hmm. eyes. And so, um, which is, that's right. Weird. Um, yeah, because didn't, weren't they supposed to, didn't they swap? Like, weren't you supposed to swap in that video? Like beach bears eyes with Rolf and with yes. Rolf's eyes. Or so, Rolf Girl's eyes. Yeah. I think, I think that when the Greensboro location, Chuck had green eyes, which would have been Mitzi's eyes. And th- they were just all in the wrong order. Mm-hmm. It was very <laughs> odd. It was very odd. Just make it so no two of them, no one of them has yeah. the same co- two colors of eyes. Give them all just heterochromia. Just around fine. like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one thing, I, I like. there's like two more things I would just love for us to hit before we wrap up, but um just like touching on like fector again and just some of the other weird stuff that he's done with some of his animatronics because while rockafire is the thing he was most well known for there were some other sort of bizarre ones some of which saw the light of day and some of them didn't and like the one that i always come back to whenever anybody makes fun of me for like really being deep into the animatronic stuff i'm always like let me show you this let me show you this video of the confederate critter show from from uh i think it's gatlinburg tennessee have you've seen that video haven't you ash yeah you know exactly what i'm talking about and it's um like a it's like a bear a wolf and a dog and they're confederate soldiers and 
They sing all these songs about being Southern gentlemen and the South will rise again and everything. There's a video. There's a very like mid quality video on YouTube that somebody uploaded from like a family in 1989, recorded it on, uh, you know, on a VHS camcorder. And the my favorite thing about it is that the act included a um, uh, an actual human who was dressed as a union private so that the Confederate critters could make fun of them. (laughs) It's just, it is, I think, you know, and, you know, Josh and I are in Richmond, so this has uh, sort of a special resonance for us here about just how wrong that is. Uh, But I encourage anybody to watch it just for a real WTF kind of moment. It exists on the Uh, internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it just goes to show that the, the power of, of animatronic robots can be used for evil uh, in addition to be using for good. And uh, the, uh, the other one that I really enjoy is the Moon Rockers, mm-hmm. um, which you can see on YouTube. I, I think where that's clipped from is one of the tours that he was giving. And he just like fired up the show tape for it and just had it run. And it's all it is is a converted rockifier. It's very easy and obvious to see that that's what it is. But uh, they're like these aliens that live in the center of the moon and they've come. And this again goes back to sort of Fector's idealism and uh, what, how he wanted to like improve the world. But the whole idea behind the moon rockers is that they're telling us like everything we're doing wrong and how we need to like save the environment and save the planet and all this stuff. It's not a bad message, but it's, it's odd. The delivery vehicle for it in the form (laughs) of singing, animal robots at a pizza pl- at, that should have been at a pizza place uh is a little suspect it's definitely got some um, <laughs> some captain planet energy yeah <laughs> absolutely um are there are there any others because like i know he's got a few other animatronic characters that like really didn't see the light of day but they existed or s- perhaps still exist somewhere in the bowels of that warehouse um, um can you think so of there is the there's a couple I can think of. There's the creative engineering clown, which I'm pretty sure in this mm-hmm. day and age is some form of like oh, creepypasta yeah. image, I guess. Um, but yeah. there is a very heavily spread image about. of it online and people do not like it. Um, I don't really know what it was used for, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. it's been like, there's multiple warehouse tours where they're taking He's taking them through and he's just like, well, here's the clown. And then he just doesn't talk about it anymore. So um, there's that. Yeah. And it's like in a dark, it's Mm -hmm. like in a dark, one of those dark hallways that it seems like every (laughs) hallway in creative engineering is just some nasty dark hallway. hmm. But um, there's also the Midgen animatronics, which are the new Rockafire explosion. Sounds familiar. Yes. Oh, was that V2? Okay, the yes. da- the, da- the dancetronics. Yes. Um, yeah. which those were unfortunately most things after the Rockfire explosion are commercial failures when it comes to Aaron Fector. But um yeah. the new Rockfire explosion yeah. was Aaron's attempt to rebrand after everything that happened with Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. So um he created a stage <laughs> the best way I have to describe it. The, the stage in Hamilton, how it spins around. Um, the mm-hmm. the new Rockfire Explosion had the same concept. So in the front, in the middle, it was Fats and Billy Bob and Mitzi. 
and then they could like go around the stage and it would look like they're actually moving and dancing and doing all this stuff. And then um, on the two sides where you would typically have Rolf and Earl and Billy Bob, um, there were, it was kind of like a half stage. And when you turned it around, it was something completely different. So on mm -hmm. one side... So it was essentially a five stage. Yeah, essentially. Um, but on one side, you would have like Looney Bird and it was Looney Bird in his uh, lab because, you know, he liked to create stuff. And then on the other side, it was Beach Bear. Right. And he was like in his own little space. And then Duke had his little junkyard and stuff like that. Yeah, I always found Duke's junkyard was like an odd choice there since it wasn't space themed. I agree. It was Sanford and Son themed for some reason. Yeah. Um, that like the the good thing about uh, the Dancetronics is that there's that, you know, that really solid promo video for it exists that has like really good production mm -hmm. values. So if you're ever interested in seeing that, yeah, there's it's maybe like 10 minutes long, but it's mm -hmm. it it shows how interesting it would have been. Uh, cause I think, I think mm -hmm. as part of that rebrand and I don't remember where I saw this, so it's just like hearsay, like most of the stuff I remember from this, but, uh, I feel like he was trying to get that into like, not, not like a pizza place or a restaurant or something like that, but a more like sort of like higher end entertainment establishment, like maybe like something akin to like, mm -hmm. uh, maybe like a universal studios resort type of thing. Like not, not Disney. Yeah, not yeah, Disney, but like Disney adjacent. Park or... like I was that. about to say Casa Bonita's, perhaps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. Uh, yes. Brandon, we got to get you to the Midwest <gasps> and have you see a Casa Bonita stage show. Because I think it's not animatronic at all, but I think you would enjoy it for a lot of the same reasons. Okay. If it's self-aware and dumb, then probably. It is very self-aware and highly, highly dumb. Yeah. Um, speak, speaking of, uh, highly dumb, but perhaps not self-aware, uh, let's, let's, let's close out by talking a little bit about Chris Thrash and, and his, his home animatronic studio. Um, I, I imagine Ash, you were introduced to Chris Thrash via the documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had the great fortune of years before that documentary was produced, stumbling upon Chris Thrash's YouTube channel. Um, and, uh, for, for everybody else, Chris Thrash is this guy, I think he's in Tennessee. I can't remember, but he had a dream to own his own Rockefeller explosion. And so eventually he gets the money together to do it. He goes down to Florida. He, he rents a truck. He goes to Aaron's warehouse and he, by God, buys a Rockefeller explosion. Um, cause Aaron had a bunch of them that were still in box. And so he drives it back to Tennessee and he builds a giant building in his backyard, <laughs> assembles them, uh, has the whole pneumatic system and everything. And he worked like two or three jobs to pay for all this. And like, I like the very first time I discovered this, it just random. I think it was like, cause my, my animatronic fascination over the years has gone sort of in waxes and wanes. So like, you know, every couple of years, I would be like, I'm going to I'm going to do some more research on showbiz pizza, et cetera. And then um, maybe around like 08 or something like that, I looked and Chris had created this. And the very first video I saw was, of course, the Bubba Sparks video that he did, because <laughs> not not only did he assemble them and make them sing, he figured out how to program them and he created his own show tapes for them with modern songs. 
he's got he's got one with yin yang twins he's got uh i mean it's it's fantastic it's absolutely fantastic and he's hey there delilah yeah exactly exactly because <laughs> yeah that's beach bear singing it right mm-hmm. yeah no it's, i think it's billy bob actually is it oh you're right it is billy bob i remember now i remember now that you said that but um but that part of the documentary is just so crazy and i don't mean crazy in any kind of insulting way it's just so crazy like there's like i've had goals in my life that i've wanted to achieve but i'm not sure Ooh. i've ever wanted something as bad as this man chris thrash wanted a rocket fire explosion in his backyard oh absolutely <laughs> i did a little quick googling it's not tennessee it's alabama okay closer to florida easier to make the drive easier to make the drive surely no, i mean that whole documentary is just like a real banger like i encourage anybody to watch it but just like it, like and i'm not sure what happened with chris thrash because he, he stopped uploading a long time ago and i've like i heard that at one point he actually tried to open a location like like an actual like store or restaurant where he could put these things and have them do stuff and I feel like it was open for a while and then it closed, but I just, I haven't looked into him a lot, but I just remember that he, I, I just know that he stopped uploading and I I'm, you know, mm-hmm. cause believe me, if I had the free time and one of those things in my backyard, I would be programming all kinds of stuff to it. Like I would be having rock fire explosion playing through fire and flames. Uh, <laughs> like, like just see if beach bear can, can tap the frets that fast on something oh, yeah. like that. And he absolutely could. Absolutely, because he's the greatest guitar player of all time. Um, <laughs> Jasper Giles ain't got nothing on Beach Bear. <laughs> Not even close. Didn't you say Beach Bear was your other um, cosplay? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, um, he, he's been through a lot cosplay-wise for me. The first <laughs> time that I cosplayed him, it was, it was, it was a little rough, but we made it there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um so it, definitely some trial and error because he's a giant bear but you know i did what i could <laughs> is your is your chucky e. cheese still in progress my avenger chuck which is if you're unfamiliar with the different eras of chucky e. cheese it's like avenger is like the early 2000s probably what you think of when you think of chucky e. cheese like the green shorts and the purple shirt with the c on it backwards hat chucky e. extreme Yes, extreme, cool, skateboard realness. Um, but uh, so that cosplay was kind of thrown together and I just haven't really done anything else with it. But um, I really want to cosplay the predecessor to that version, which is usually called Tux Chuck because he's mm-hmm. wearing like just a tuxedo and he's got like a gold cummerbund and like a red bow tie and a little little hat. Yeah, that that was like de- like concept unification debut Chuck, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, fancy Chuck. Even yeah. he's, even though he's the star, of this, even though he's got that star behind him, he's not the star of the show. You, you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Um, he's he's definitely my favorite iteration. Uh, what would be the next character you would cosplay? Like, if you had to go in order of like all the ones you were going to cosplay, what would you do next? Um, oh, that's a good question. If we were thinking Rockafire, it would mm-hmm. probably be Billy Bob because that would be so much fun. <laughs> I would definitely have to 
suck it up and paint a pair of overalls, vertical red and yellow stripes, but <laughs> uh-huh. I it'd be worth it. But um, if we're talking Chuck E. Cheese, then probably like the that same early 2000s uh, Jasper. He's got the little like cow print button up with the overalls, yeah. the little bandana. Very, very Toy Story Woody. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, this here's here's a question. If do you regret that you were born so late that you didn't get to see all this stuff in its heyday? I think about this every day of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um kind of. It's mm-hmm. a it's a weird way that I feel about it because definitely when I first got into it, I was like, I was born in the wrong generation. <laughs> um, but now I feel like knowing knowing everything and kind of being able to see um, the rock of fire explosion from an outward perspective from start mm-hmm. to finish. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would change that. That's, that's think, an interesting way to look at it. I think that um, going into this thing that I just love so much. And if I loved it when it was happening and then it ended, I think I would have been very devastated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can understand that because that's that's sort of where I was. Maybe not to the degree of devastation, but just like really disappointed that like it was something that I thought was really cool. And even though I sort of grew up and fell out of it for a long time, when I got older and realized I couldn't go back to it because mm-hmm. it just wasn't there anymore. I'm like, oh, that's that's a shame. Yeah, I would have because like I know there are some people who are like, well, what are you talking about? You were lucky because you lived near Billy Bob's Pizza Wonderland and could go in there and see that stuff. But it, like, it's not the same. It doesn't matter. Like, how, like they could have a a spot on perfect recreation of it up on that stage they've got there, but without it being in sort of the dim lighting mm-hmm. on a three stage and everything, it's just a little bit different. It's, yeah. it's, it's not quite the same. And I, that, that sort of soured me for a few years on the whole, like robots who sing while I eat pizza kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that hopefully in the future, if they actually go through with the plan of building the wall around the showroom, and mm-hmm. maybe having some lights installed in there. Because um, I noticed a real issue for me when I was there. I had a lot of trouble hearing specifically not the songs, but the bits in between the songs, which are also very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, that was a little disappointing because I'm at a point where if I hear the beginning of probably any Rock of Fire show tape, I could tell you what it was. Um, <laughs> is that good? We'll figure that out at a later point. Um, <laughs> but I I was a little disappointed that I really couldn't hear what all was going on while it was happening. But I think that if they do go through with that, it would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. As well as kind of bring the magic back. Yeah. I, I think if I were to ask myself that same question that I asked you, I think I regret that I never had a chance to see a real pizza time theater mm-hmm. restaurant. Because everything I've ever read about those is just like it was it was like dial the grittiness, like dial the sort of the grit and grunge up just a little bit because they had like the main showroom, whether it was the portrait show or the porch show or anything. And 
then you had the cabaret room with some of those weird one-off characters like the like the hippopotamus or the mm-hmm. lion that sang elvis or what was there was like weren't there dogs that were the beatles as well the beagles <laughs> yes yeah oh, well yeah okay i feel stupid now that i forgot that um but yeah some of those just like weird one-off animatronics mm-hmm. uh that you never see anymore um i think and and you know there's ton, there's thousands and thousands of youtube channels out there that have like these spot like spottings of these like animatronic characters out in the wild and things like that like i think there's um there's one of those like ki- the lion who sang elvis who i believe was called the king um naturally uh you can find that like or at least for a while you can find that at some weird amusement park out in the middle of nowhere some places have very clearly reskinned animatronics and things like that. Um, <laughs> it's funny. After we met you, I was telling, uh, after I got back, I was telling a friend of mine who's not part of Goblins and Growlers, but who also thinks that my fascination with animatronics is just as dumb as they think it is. But uh, uh, I was telling him about it. And he's like, oh, that's funny. And then coincidentally, that same day, he went to the Tom Leonard's in Richmond. And he texted me. He's like, holy shit, there's like singing robots here. <laughs> and I was like, what? And and they weren't doing anything. So he didn't take a picture. And I was like, well, I don't care if they're not doing anything. Take a picture because I don't want to have to drive out to Short Pump to see. I'm not going to see, see them moving in the picture. <laughs> to yeah. Just take a picture of it. <laughs> so I was actually hanging out with him today. And he's like, oh, I have to stop by Tom Leonard's uh, after I drop you off so I can pick up dinner for my family. And I was like, oh, this is perfect because I'm talking about the animatronic stuff tonight. Please text me a picture from the Tom Leonard's. Um, And so he got there and he sent me a picture and he made it sound like it was going to be like Billy Bob or something like that. But it's just these weird, like one off characters. I'll send I'll send you the video of it, Ash, after this is over. But I was I tried to figure out what the uh, like what they were originally before they got reskinned because like one of them is like wearing a richmond flying squirrels that's our local baseball team like jersey um it's like they're standing up but they're playing guitar so it might be an old billy bob because i can't think of any other animatronic that would have that motion so it's probably like it might be two billy bobs that they just reskinned um because otherwise like it would have to be like a beach bear that you put like the torso on top of like Mitzi or something, but it doesn't work like that because they're not modular. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, that was that's an that's an aside in an episode full of asides um, <laughs> that I just thought was I just thought it was funny that I finally got closure on that today that he sent me that picture and he when he sent when he sent me the video he was like they just started like running some loud machinery so you can't hear exactly what they're singing but it's just like very like like playing the guitar like that it, like it has to be a billy bob the more i think about it but it's just not done very well it's not done very well at all yeah josh um you know your punishment's about over now so how do you how do you feel about everything and what questions do you I mean have? i feel significantly more educated about animatronics in general i i think the questions that i have are ones that probably uh i will need to research on my own unless y'all know a whole lot about the actual mechanics of animatronic robots because i know it's like pneumatic tubes but like air compression and then the show tapes control everything like i'm I'm kind of intrigued about what happens underneath the uh the veneer of you know 
the hands going up and down to play the guitar and all of those things. And honestly, we're we're past the hour and 15 mark. Even if y'all have that knowledge, this is something I need to research for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the programming is just synced to the show tape. Um, Ash, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you actually worked at a Chuck E. Cheese, so you might know that a little bit better than I do. Um, no, you're right. They are, um, they're just synced to the show tapes. The show tapes used to be on floppy disks, but now they're on, uh, DVDs. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have an answer for the rest of your question. Cause like, I know the concept of pneumatics and hydraulics and how they're basically the same, except one's liquid and one's air. Uh, but not being a mechanical engineer, I don't really understand exactly how all that works. I sort of do, but you'll probably have an easier time just researching it on your own. <laughs> yeah. Josh is a smart guy. He might be able to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is, and it's like amazing. We've talked this long, but there is such a tremendous amount of errata about this topic that we have not even touched upon, like digging deeper into like the weird pizza time theater characters mm -hmm. uh, that just sort of never made the cut like more weird, more like more weird Uncle Plunk Santa Claus stuff. Um, like just Aaron Fector, just in general. As a concept, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His his is a concept that needs some unification <laughs> in his own mind. I think. Um, like you could do like a three part episode just on the concept unification video and, and oh, some absolutely. of that stuff or the Dancetronics video or something like that. Uh, would you would you ever want to talk about this stuff again, Ash? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> 100%. I'm so down. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Cause like, you know, fair play, fair play to all involved, but we did kind of just sort of throw this together. Uh, just like, Oh, Hey, this would be like a really fun conversation. I think if we ever came back at this, uh, with like some targeted topics and research and really mm -hmm. focused in, I think we could do something really cool. But, uh, Ash, we're so I like, I, I'm sure I speak for Josh as well, but I'm, so thrilled that you're willing to come on here and help me sort of indulge my fascination with this stuff. And I know Josh is just like sitting there like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Alan's going to be listening to this. Just like, I cannot believe this. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be here. Seriously. This has been great. I never get to talk about this stuff in detail. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, my, you know, <laughs> The, the way my spectrum behaviors work, I always want to talk about these things in detail and I'd never get a chance to. I never get a chance to. That's why Josh is here to keep us on topic today. <laughs> but uh, Josh, do you have any any closing closing thoughts there? Uh, I found the whole conversation very fascinating. I know a whole lot more about animatronics than I ever thought I would need to. And uh, I think if we don't, provide some links for a few of these like videos and things i think our audience is going to be like come yeah. on guys we gotta have we gotta have the juice yeah. where's you kept talking yeah. about all these things we I need agree. them yeah ash if you've got some favorite resources um if you want to email them to me i'll put them in the show notes i imagine okay. we have i imagine we have some overlap but um you probably frankly know more than me so <laughs> so i'd love to i'd love to have <laughs> you tap into your mind on that for me. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening to this. It's, it's very much off brand from what we normally talk about, but we, it was opportunity. 
to talk with somebody. Uh, it was good timing as well. And we just, for as much as you all have had to listen to me interject animatronics into various conversations over the years, <laughs> I thought the topic deserved uh, a more thorough discussion. Um, so, uh, Josh, if you want to um, tell people where they can find us. Well, for starts, uh, telephone, telegraph, tell a friend about the Goblins of Growlers podcast. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get spread around. And uh, if you haven't already left us a five-star review, then we would encourage you to do so. If you have left us a five-star review, then maybe go pester the person beside you to go leave us a five-star review. They don't have to have listened to the show. I don't care about that. And what do they do if they don't want to leave us a review that's five stars? Uh, they can come and talk to us about it on the Discord. That's bit.ly slash goblin discord. Uh, they can give us their four-star review nearly in person. Nearly. Nearly in person. <laughs> um, it's close enough. It's close enough. Um, and then uh, sign up for our newsletter. It's monthly. It's gaming news. We don't spam you. Uh, it's at the top of our link tree. Linktr.ee slash goblins and growlers. Ash, uh, do you want to plug your social media again? Um, sure. I <laughs> mostly only use Instagram and TikTok, but it's at wi.ffy. I cosplay Chuck E. Cheese and... I try. You know, that's really in this in the world today with the the economy and the job market the way it is. Trying is all we can do. Mm-hmm. Trying all anyone all can ask can for. <laughs> yeah. And on that very optimistic and healthful note, we end. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Goblins and Growlers podcast. Josh and I will catch you back in about two weeks, after which time Josh will hopefully have recovered from Dragon. Hell Con. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so thanks everybody for listening and thanks again to Ash for taking the time out of your Sunday evening when I know you've probably got other stuff to do (laughs) to talk about air powered robots with us of course thank you for having me thank you so much for being (laughs) here bye y'all like what you hear consider subscribing and giving us a review over on apple podcasts especially early in the feed subscriptions and reviews are super helpful for bringing new listeners our way thank you